Welcome to Live to Grind. My name is Brennan T. Adams, serial entrepreneur, inventor, TV creator, and speaker, passionate about helping others create something great and become unforgettable. Join me each week to discuss practical ways to help you increase your income and impact as an influencer in your industry. My goal is to help you take your business and lifestyle to the next level. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the Live to Grind podcast show. I'm Brennan T. Adams. And on today's show, we have Brian D. Evans, who is the founder of Influensive. Now, Brian's a good friend of mine. I just spent, he was a couple of months ago, I was in Hollywood, and I went to where he works at, and uh, we had some fun. We were just talking entrepreneurship, talking about hacks on social media, and we even did an Instagram Live. It got 1,600 people live. We got to the top of the feed, which was awesome, and we we did a whole show. Like We we talked about social media. We talked about what he's done to to build different companies and how he's built Influensive. We talked about how to get videos to get a lot of traction, different hacks that you can use to get a lot of free attraction without paying any money in ads, how to get views on your videos, how to get more likes, how to get hundreds of thousands of followers, and how he's interviewed people that have got millions of followers. So this show, you're going to learn that, exactly that, how to build up a following, how to become a person of influence, become an influencer, even connecting with different influencers. And Brian and I are just alike. Like we were collaborating here, just like two friends having a good conversation. But the value that came out of it, the synergy, it, well, you're going to hear it soon. So before we jump into that, I uh, just want to remind you, we have Accelerant Media Group. If you go to AccelerantMediaGroup.com, you can see our services. If you're looking to create videos, if you're looking to get publicity, if you're looking to get your brand out there and build your personal brand, we are the people to go to. That's exactly what I've done and we've helped others do and what I've done with the Live to Grind with our show and our podcast and our brand and everything else. We want to help you do that. So please go over, check out AccelerantMediaGroup.com. Let me know what you think. Email me, Brandon at BrandonTAdams.com, and we'd be happy to be working with you. So let's jump right into it with Brian D. Evans. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Live to Grind podcast show. I'm Brennan C. Adams, and on today's show, we have Brian D. Evans, who is the founder of Influensive. So I want to hear, we've talked about this in Florida, yeah. so the beginning of how you even got into, how it led to Influensive, yeah, yeah. but also how you got into doing ads and doing uh-huh. in the health industry and yeah. all that. Like, yeah. where did you start out, and where did you even, like, grow up? Dude, it started when school. I was... School. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. Dude, it started... Actually, it started when I was a kid. Um, I failed school. Like, I was horrible in school. Like, I failed everything. Like, school just didn't make sense to me. So, I learned how to... I had to learn how to learn from an early age because I just didn't resonate with school at all. So, you have I... You I, I, Like, I don't... I don't know. Like, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> like, never officially, like, diagnosed or anything yeah. like that. But I just... I, my brains always work differently. I'm very curious about random details. So, I'm really... I, I had this curiosity when I was, when I was a kid... My grandfather um, said, "Hey, if you he put a, he put one of those old phones on the table, like with the big wire and the big box type thing. He said, take it apart, and if you take it apart, I'll give you all the change in my truck.' And I said, "Oh, awesome!" So I took it apart. And he said, "Okay, but now you have to put it back together." <laughs> so I was like, I learned from an early age, like all these little fine details about how things work, and it kind of built this natural curiosity. But I struggled in school, so um, I learned early on that I was just different, and I had to figure out like how to learn differently myself. So I started doing lots of things, um, like, and eventually it led to me to doing things like, like masterminds, like we both do today, like finding groups of people that I connect with and, and realizing that I was a very visual learner. So I like, if, if you teach me something like just, just talking, like I, I probably won't get it. But if you say, Hey Brian, like, okay, I'm going to show you how this works. This is how the bottle cap comes up. I'll become an expert in it if I can get my hands on it. So I learned early on. Visually and uh, functional. Yeah, I was. Re- I realized early on that I had to. I had to touch things. I had to get my hands in there because I was so curious about how it worked. I didn't just want to hear about it. I was bored. So maybe the ADD thing is part of it. But well, like I, I mean, me too. But I, yeah. I get what you're saying, and I can see why you like to interview people. And same for a mastermind. Like when you somebody talks about something, you can yeah. like go into it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Exactly. And see every detail. Totally. So what happened was um, I was big into video games as a kid, and, I, and I, this is interesting because I think a lot of people, especially today, maybe. A lot of parents are like, oh, don't let your kids play video games. But to me, that was like, that was like my trial to becoming an entrepreneur because I was like, how do I get more points? How do I, how do I beat the game? Like I, I was, that was like being an entrepreneur to me because I was figuring out and I got really good at certain games. What's stuff. your favorite game? 
I mean, I was a big Resident Evil fan. Um, I love I Res- love, dude, I used to be so addicted to Call of Duty. Call of Duty. And that's where awesome I, I stopped in college. I remember one day I paid, played for 10 hours. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't do this. I'd have a yeah, 12 pack of beer. I would be playing. Same here. Yeah. Call of Duty was like. It's addicted. Yeah, yeah. Were you like a sniper or what? I, oh, no. I'd just play the, I wouldn't do the actual games where it was yeah, yeah, multiplayer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd go through the missions. Oh, yeah. And yeah. no joke, like, I would smoke hookah, which is like a, like, not like <laughs> yeah, a cigarette, yeah. but I'd, I'd sit yeah. there and smoke hookah, drink beer, and watch this back in my college days. Yeah. Because I, I got a 1.6 at GPA. <laughs> but it was fun. But then yeah. I realized I'm so addicted to this because I, I'm, I'm like, oh, let's yeah. try to beat it, get yeah. better. And I realized I can't play games anymore. Yeah. So I want to ask you a question. So you, so did you, you finished college, right? I did. Because I didn't finish college. And do you think, do you think that was like extremely valuable? Or if you could go back, would you have done, would you have started something so, sooner? So what I learned in college is I, I got experience. Yeah. And I yep. met somebody who led me to the book Think and Go Rich, yeah. which changed my mindset. And right, right. I always talk about that. But I tell people in college now, because yeah. I have so many college kids yeah. reach out, you figure out what you really want to do. Yeah. It's specialized knowledge. Yeah. And the thing I hate about college, and I'm sure this is why, like, I, I failed chemistry the yeah. first time around. Yeah. I failed Library 101. I failed mm-hmm. these bullshit classes that you don't need. I don't need. even know what Library 101 would actually be. Like, yeah. Like, even... It's like trying to figure out how to find books and shit. Okay. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> but no, I yeah. realized that I didn't like this stuff. But when I got into stuff I really liked, yeah. I focused in. Yeah. So when I invented Arctic Stick, it was actually, I developed it in a class project. I yeah, yeah. So I was all in. Yeah. But looking back on it, I wouldn't change my journey. I liked it. But course, anybody yeah. in college now, if you want to do business, you yeah. know how you learn business? You do business and you fail, you learn from it, you make pivots and you keep going. You don't need college. Right. Because there's an interesting thing about the education system. I feel like, and I'm curious if you agree it's with fucked. this. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> school, school, and this is contrary to what entrepreneurs think, school teaches us that failure is bad. Correct? Yeah. So we, so. Comfortable. Yeah. So, so school teaches us failure is bad, but as an entrepreneur, I feel like you almost have to fail because you have to learn how to progress. So, I mean, sure, if you, if everything just magically works, that's amazing, yeah. but that's usually not what happens. So those small failures, you learn something from and you cha- change for next time. So it's, it's a hundred percent correct because yeah. for me, I've, I've done so many things and along the way you, you slowly get to where you really need to be. Yeah. And it's like your past, my past, we've learned things like developing a product and spending a hundred grand on yeah. Arctic stick. I will not see that money back, but I learned marketing. Yeah, I totally. learned crowdfunding. Yeah, I learned yeah. how to be in front of a camera. Exactly. So I guess my, what I'm getting at is you have to do a bunch of things. You have to just leap in. It scares the hell out of you. Yeah. But that's the only way you're going to get to the, your, your big things you really want in yeah, life. Totally. And learning about yourself, right? Yeah. Like I'm still learning about myself, but for you, like at the beginning, you're probably just figuring out who you are and what yeah. you really like. Yeah, exactly. Well, what happened for me was um, I was playing a lot of video games when I was a teenager. Um, and I had friends that were like into hacking and like all these like crazy things with computers. This is like along I'm dating myself. This is like, you know, 16 years ago now. And How old are you? Uh, 32. Oh, okay. We're, we're so, so close. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, I was, I, I was getting into cars. Okay. This yeah. is when Fast and the Furious first came out. Oh, okay. It's first Fast and the Furious. Uh, I had like just got my driver's permit or license or something like that. And I was like, all right, this is so cool. And I realized there were certain things that people wanted for their cars. And they were like, oh, they, nobody knew where to buy them. And I was just so into cars. And the, you know those things that shoot the flames out of the car? Yep. So I sold those on eBay. Um, so I sold fire. That was my first business, selling fire. Are they, them legal? Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think it was officially not legal back then. Maybe today it's probably not legal. But um, it was like it was, it was promoted for car show use only. Yeah. Um, I don't know if people use it in the street then. <laughs> Anyways, um, so I sold those. It went really well. Um, somebody approached me. And said, well, I want to buy your business from you. And I was like, what do you mean my business? Like, what business? Like, I didn't even understand. And they're like, oh, your business, it's making this amount of money. I'll pay you this multiple of your revenue for it. And I was like, really? Okay. <laughs> so I was like, I was like 18 and 19 at that point. I think it was 18 and a half, something like that. Um, somebody offered me, but they bought the business. Um, I signed this contract. Everything went well. I was like, oh, cool. I'm an entrepreneur now. What happened was, was I didn't read the fine print on the contract. So... Um, I signed this like crazy non-compete, non-solicitation, and I ended up, a long story, but I ended up getting sued and had to pay back like most of the money. So like, I was Whoa. like, yeah, I was like, oh, awesome. I sold this business. I was super excited. I, I, uh, but what happened was when I, when the, when, when all that went down, I was like, man, like I got a taste of like what it, what it was like to like sell something and like make a bunch of money. And I was again, and then lose it and then lose it. Right. So it, so what I'm, I'm going to ask you, so what were, 
what was going through your mind through this process, like your feelings from the beginning you sold it to yeah. when you got sued? Like, how, what was your mind thinking at that point? Like, what I'm going to do next, or am I invincible? Like, what was your thought process? I felt invincible, and then it's <laughs> and then life kind of smashed me down. Yeah. When I and I, it wasn't like a malicious thing on my part of what happened, but I won't go into details. But like, um, because I can't. But um, basically, it just. I didn't read the fine print in the contract and I was a kid I was young I didn't I didn't even have a lawyer look at it. I just signed it away I was like oh this looks fine I signed it um and something that wasn't even really related in my mind ended up biting me in the ass afterwards yeah so yeah I learned a lot from that but that got me hungry and I realized okay there's all this traffic on eBay I can eBay I can sell these products what else can I sell so I was and I couldn't do anything else on eBay and that was part of related to the problem so I started selling things and figuring out how to generate traffic outside of eBay. So that got me into like early SEO like yeah. in, in the early days. So I started figuring out how to leverage all this traffic. I had one day, it took, it took, it probably took about three years to really crack the code. But after about three years of like trying to figure out how to get traffic and things like that after that point, I had one day where I had, I had this crazy server set up because I was starting to generate a lot of traffic. Yeah. I had all these load balance servers like stacked upon each other, not physically, but at a server place. And I had 1 million visitors in one day to a site. One million? One million. In one day? In one day. It crashed this whole like thing. Like I had like, I think it was like 11 servers load balanced together just to support the traffic. Cause I had some other days that were like 50,000 visitors, 100,000 visitors, but I had one day it just went absolutely bananas um, with 1 million visitors. And this is across thousands of pages. I was having people and content created for lots of different keywords, like early SEO, where it was more like creating content for lots of different terms. Was this for your business or were you direct to another page? Or like what was the page so for? So at this point I had just ads on the page. Yeah. So this is the this was the transition. So I was like, okay, people are I'm getting money from all these I actually it was a funny story. I walked into my dad's office one day. He's an, he's um he's a um, CFO of a newspaper. He knows a lot about money and accounting and stuff like that. And I said, I think I need an accountant. And I and I made, and he's like, why? And I, and I said, well, I, I made $7,000 yesterday from these ads. Like, I think I need to, like, I think I need to, I think I need to formalize something. Yeah. And he would, like, he couldn't comprehend it. He was like, $7,000 last year? And I was like, no, no, yesterday. <laughs> and he was like, he just couldn't comprehend it. It was yeah. funny. And uh, he asked me like 15 times and thought I was selling drugs online probably. Um, <laughs> People can't, they can't comprehend when you think like, yeah. you can close 10,000, like a lot of money yeah, in a short yeah. period of time. Yeah, when you, especially with the internet. internet yes. And then, especially back then, it was like the Wild West. Yeah. Like it wasn't, honestly, it wasn't the highest quality content I was creating back then. It was more just like, I was just so curious about how it all worked. I was like, how far can I push this? And that's yeah. why I got to that million visitors in one day. So, but what I realized at that point was, I said, wow, someone's making all this money from these ads. How do I sell, how do I get to these products and cut out the middleman? Yeah. So I got into like affiliate marketing and like saying like, I'm going to sell this water bottle and I'll, and you pay me $2 instead of some middleman with an ad. Right. So I started marketing health products and fitness products and just all sorts of different products on my pages and figured out how to sell, started learning how to sell things online. So I want to go into the health products stuff, but first, so for you to direct that million like visits to that page, what are like two or three main things you did like hacks to be able to get that traffic there? Because that's an insane amount of traffic. Yeah. Like well, what is it? Just if you were going to give the best advice for somebody, if they want to be able to get that much traffic, I mean, yeah. that was back then. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. How did you do it? Things have changed a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so at that point, I was generating thousands of pages per day. So I was having a combination of writers and user submitted content and various things like that to create lots and lots of content, and I was ranking for thousands of keywords per day. Yeah. And again, this is in the early days of Google, and today you can't even do that. So today, if you want lots of traffic, I mean. I think so. I think if you utilize social, like here's an interesting thing, people dismiss social networks that they don't have a big following on. So like people, I hear every day, Twitter is useless. I say, well, you know, I generate a quarter of my traffic for influencers from Twitter. From Twitter. And they're like, what? And then they start using Twitter. <laughs> yeah. So I think that it, I think it's really becoming a master of every traffic source. I think is the way today to generate traffic. People like to focus only on specific ones, but if you want real traffic today, get them all. You need to get them all. Like even Pinterest, another example. Like I was at a mastermind recently. This girl was talking about Pinterest, and she generates all this traffic from Pinterest. And I'm like, oh man! So I so I jump on Pinterest. Uh, like I, even me, I dismiss Pinterest. I, I I guess I've I have an account, but I'm never on. I don't yeah. even know how to even do it. <laughs> so like that's another example. Like there's all these sources of traffic out there. Even like even something like Dig that's like not even really super relevant anymore. Like you can still generate lots of traffic. Stumble upon is another example. Like if you really like, and maybe you have to buy a course. Maybe you have to find a friend that knows it really well. 
but however you figure it out, like become a master, becoming a master of all these sources and realizing there are traffic on all these sources, but people dismiss them. That's like the biggest tip. And I know that's kind of like, you know, you have to dig in more to like specific networks yeah. of how to leverage them. But there is a lot of traffic. But once you do that, you become omnipresent because yeah, you're on exactly. every platform. Because, yeah. I mean, every platform has their own tribe. Exactly. And you look at Instagram, which is a younger audience. Yep. And I'm starting to do more and I'm seeing yeah. stories. I mean, for yeah. Snapchat, do you do Snapchat anymore? I, I've just started like doing more Snapchat. Yeah. So I, I've done Snapchat hardcore. Yeah. And I noticed my audience cut in half when Insta stories came. Yeah. And more people like yeah. went in. But now I'm doing both. Yeah. And I'm like, Wow, I couldn't believe this. Yeah, but you got to stay on all platforms. Gotta, I mean, yeah. that's why, and it's a full time job. Like I'm snapping. Oh wait, I got to take a snap. <laughs> yeah. I think what I think you can do is I think you can like hire, get people around you eventually when you're at that stage to help with, depending on people's businesses and where they're at. When you yeah. can get, even if it's a virtual assistant, I feel like I have people that do my graph, like for my Instagram images. Like I approve things, but I have some people. I have people that create those for me. Well, right? we do the same, yeah, but yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. it's taking too, like. Whereas of now, like we're yeah. taking photos now, but yeah. we're always taking photos because that's about your personal brand, which yeah. I'm huge on personal brand because totally. I, it, it is so much like people look and they see your pictures, your videos that represents who you are yeah. and you become an influencer in the industry. And when they see that, like, oh, this guy's the real deal. Yeah. I want to work with him. And then it doesn't totally. matter what you pay or charge yeah. anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. From there, so I learned. So that was like early on figuring out the psychology of what ta- what it takes to get people to buy things online. Yeah. Um, so I know you knew all this too, and it's so what it's is really the psychology? <laughs> well, that's what that's what that's what's so fascinating is people think that there's one specific set of like principles that one specific set of things that will get someone to buy a product. The real truth is that you have to constantly test things all the time because what happens is the page goes stale. So like this will work for a while, but then after a while it's like, nah, we need to make an adjustment. So what I do is I can't, when I'm selling products, um, I constantly am split testing different variations. Like you're testing a red button versus a green button. And depending on the type of traffic that's coming in, red and green might convert differently for those two types of traffic. So if you're not actually testing it and mapping like what's causing the sales and what's causing the conversions, you don't know. And you might be leaving a ridiculous amount of money on the table. A lot of people do this with courses. They'll have like one page created. They think it looks great and everything and they just leave it there and they either, it either works really well or it doesn't. It doesn't. And then they give up. They say, ah, oh, it didn't work too well. But it's like, for me, that's like, that's crazy because I would be, there's either, there's the simplest tools are out there now. There's one that's called VWO.com, I think, Visual Website Optimizer. You literally just click on the button and say like, I want to test green and red and blue. And you just and it'll just run like forty versions of your page for you. It just creates them for you. You do nothing, no code involved at all. Well, you just you can what's re- that program? VWO.com. VWO.com. Yeah. So like for your headline, for example, you can write. You go on your page. It'll load your page in the screen. You can then. I feel like I'm an uh, <laughs> uh, ambassador for this company or something. But <laughs> I'm not. I feel that for Canon 70D, <laughs> I'm ready to promote it on yeah, TV. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. but I just love this tool. So like for a headline, for example, it'll load your page. You can click on the headline, write another headline. So it can be like Brandon T. Adams' secret of success. Brandon T. Adams' five secrets of success. Brandon T. Adams, blah blah blah. You know, whatever it is, you can just rewrite them all, and it'll it'll load different versions of the page right there when people come to it, and they'll rotate and say, okay, this traffic source resulted in this page working, and this one is, so it maps. It so all. you test them all out, and then you find the page which obviously the people that are reading it are converted exactly because what most people do is they try to find like a specific formula and just create one version of the page but what i found is that almost is impossible because you're leaving so much on the table there's almost no formula because it's always changing and you always gotta adapt exactly so so this is a great way to and and then the nice thing about this is you can sort of guess you can say let's try an aggressive one let's try a not so aggressive one let's try one in the middle you don't have to spend ridiculous amounts of money on training and courses and things like that because you can just test it out yourself and based on some reasonable knowledge from some resources, maybe. So let's go. So you obviously know like the page SEO optimization. Let's talk about like Facebook ads and then your affiliate marketing. Can you talk about like some of the things we've talked about before, like Candy Crush or or doing things with? Uh, fitness and like some of those things you did and yeah and what the key to that because most people don't even understand that like yeah. for one thing i see right now a great example is arnold schwarzenegger they have the the mission game you yeah. see that and they're promoting the hell out yeah, of it, yeah, yeah. And it i know it's data yeah but like what is for people that see that what is the whole point of that okay so so you're talking about the affiliate marketing and the psychology of getting i got two questions okay. yeah so the first one is you see, let's talk about the, I don't know the name of the game, but Arnold Schwarzenegger's like the rep for it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. The mission complete. Tanks and guns. Yeah. And, so yeah, what's yeah. the whole, like, 
where the money's actually made there. Okay, so there's two levels of that. So there's the, there's the app that themselves, um, they're making money on in-app purchases. There's a whole psychology behind it. In-app, it's actually really interesting. Candy Crush was one of the originals um, that did this. So, you know, you've been to the movies, obviously. People have been to the movies. Um, whether or not you drink soda and eat popcorn, at, on some level, you'll notice that before every movie, there's the sound of popcorn, there's the sound of popcorn popping and soda swishing, right? And for a second, even if you don't like those, you're, you taste it, okay? So there, it's subliminal programming, okay? So that's what's happening in the movies. The same thing happens um, in apps. So like, you, people probably can think of like the cha-ching sound at casinos, right? And it, it, oh, it, yeah. It, what it's, it's basically programming you to want to put coins in and want to spend money and, and, and interact. So apps use the same psychology. So there's lots of psychology in all this subliminal programming to get people to respond and to engage. Um, so that's that's some of the stuff they do um, to get to trigger in-app purchases. And I mean, the interesting thing about apps is that there's it's it's like it's a game. I mean, it's all, all the any app that's making a lot of money is a game. Whether or not it's actually a game, it's a game because of gamification. So what's happening? They're they're basically challenging you. To like even like fitness apps, right? There's now fitness apps that are like give you points and like give you credits and things like that towards something else, right? And that's all carefully planned in a gamification way because it's like a video game. So so that's the, that's really the secret for anyone that's building apps. If you're building an app and you want it to be successful, it's a game. Think it's about it. Game. Think about it like a game. You need points. You need you know in-app purchases. You need things to engage people. You know because that's the other thing too. Like you'll have a game like racing a car or something, but you want the shiny red car that's a little bit faster. So you're challenging people to, to, to buy those and to get more points to get those. So the game is almost priming them to be in like the competitive, like I want more exactly. to buy. Yeah. And do, so I know this, I can't think, Words with Friends, I think. Yeah, yeah. Years ago, I remember when I did, I was so competitive with my family <laughs> that I remember buying flowers for my yeah. girlfriend at the time just because I wanted to get more points. And I, yeah, I, exactly. I think to myself, I can't believe exactly. I did that. Yeah. But yeah. it was because of that competitiveness. But also, totally. they bring in other products too, right? Totally. It's the same with social media because, like, you know, social media is a game. Facebook is a game. Twitter is a game. Instagram is a game. Snapchat is a game because you have followers. That's a number. So it's like it's a competition. Like, yeah. let's not mistake this. It social is. media is a yeah, competition. because we're looking at oh, how many likes do I have? Yeah, how many? Yes. on the deepest level, not like on a surface level of, of ego per person or whatever, but on a, on the deepest level, the psychology of it is it's it's a game. It's a competition. Right, so like that's that's what's actually triggering people. People want to see those likes. They want to see those followers. Otherwise, it wouldn't be there, right? People wouldn't care about it otherwise. You know, this makes me think. Have you ever watched? And I hardly ever watch TV. I'm busy filming my own stuff. But yeah. have you ever watched Black Mirror on Netflix? I've seen it. I have. I've seen. I know what it's about. I haven't watched the episodes, but so there's one episode where we have this technology in the future where our lens, like our eyes, have these things put in. Yeah. We can see things. Well, after you have an intro, like a when you're talking to somebody or in their presence, when you leave, you rate the experience of three, four, five. Like Uber. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But what happens is if it's if you are not above a four or above, yeah. then like it hurts you getting a loan for something. It hurts everything. Yeah. And the whole thing is people are addicted to getting that yeah. likes. Yeah. Exactly. Which is insane. But we live that way and we don't even realize it. People don't realize it. We're in a world with credit scores. We have all these things that essentially rate us. I mean, they have dating apps now that give you like ratings and stuff, right? I don't, I'm not in that world, but yeah. I, <laughs> I know that it exists. Um, so yeah, it's, that's really how it is. So this is really interesting, but I, I do want to get into affiliate marketing. So you, and I'm fatness, fascinated with like the fitness products and everything. Mm -hmm. Talk about your experience from affiliate marketing with the fitness industry yeah, yeah. and how you've made, you made that really successful in the time. You know, here's the thing. Um, I love the health and fitness industry and, and stuff like that. And I think that it's, there's a formula out there for what triggers people to buy something, right? Mm -hmm. People want to gain more muscle. They want to look thinner. They want to look prettier, handsomer, buffer, whatever, right? Yeah. So there's the, there's those, there are, there's the psychology out there to trigger those feelings in people and get them to buy things. So that's when you're, when you're promoting something on that level, it becomes a psychology game of how do we, like women want to look 10 years younger. Guys want to look buffer or thinner, usually, something like that. So there's these different triggers that trigger depending on the demographic. And realizing what those are in these cases is what gets people to buy. Um, and it's the problem with the health and fitness industry 
is that there's there's so much now. Oh, it gets to be an flooded. it gets to be you have to be aggressive, more aggressive. So people have to be really aggressive to get sales and conversions. So that's so I've been out of the health and fitness industry for a while now because I didn't like where it was going in terms of like how aggressive you had to be to actually get people to buy things. And I just felt like I wanted to do things for some. I wanted to do things that I really loved and resonated with. So it was and not so much and not so, so much for the money. So, so in the area where where we're at now, it really comes down to celebrities and influencers that they get yeah. to sign on because yeah. people buy. But that, from see, them. that's and that I love that. I mean, that's the. I feel like that's the the best way now to sort of do it because instead of making crazy claims and all these things, you can just say, hey, you know, Bob is using this product. And they can either buy it or they don't. So I think that the influencers game is is way better. I love that versus like <clears throat> that's so that's why I preach for everyone to to become an influencer in their industry. Yeah. So like there's so many influencers out there yeah. that like I don't know because yeah. I'm not in that space. Yeah. But if you're you're in a certain space, like for example, crowdfunding. If people talk crowdfunding, I would be known yeah. in that. And there's certain areas like marketing, like other areas that I don't know the people, but when you're known in that area. People will buy from you if you are the star exactly. in that field. That's why everybody should become the star in some way. Yes, yes. And I think and I think what people do wrong is they try to like generalize themselves instead of like a specific thing. So like you're known in crowdfunding. Like yeah. I know that like if, if someone talks crowdfunding, your name's gonna come up in five exactly. seconds. Exactly. Yes. Right? So depending on where you're at, like with writing and online publications, my name comes up really fast usually in, in press and stuff like that. So I think you want to get specific with with what if people are becoming an influencer. The the thing they do wrong is they generalize too much. I do this and this and this and this and this. Okay. Nobody knows him. Yeah. I mean, you look at John Lee Dumas, for example, because I mean, yeah. I became good friends yeah. with him after we raised a lot of money. Yeah. But podcasting, when you think of podcasting, everybody knows him. Exactly. But after he knocked podcasting out of the park, then we introduced the Freedom Journal. Yes. Which he knocked the park. Then yeah. the Master Journal. Yeah. So most people, what they got to do is just first at least knock one thing out of the park. Mm-hmm. And then so many opportunities come. Oh, absolutely. Totally. So for you, I'm I'm so I'm so excited, and this is why I've become good friends with you, and I I love your vision. So you've transitioned. You have influencer. Yeah. So tell me about why you even decided to do that, and like what your vision. Because I am so behind it. Like there's <laughs> Entrepreneur.com, there's Forbes, nothing wrong with them, but influencer. I see where you're at and where you're going, yeah. and I believe in it so much. Yeah, dude. I honestly, the reason I started that was because it started as a well, the first step was I wanted a place for myself to write at. So I just started writing. And <laughs> so it usually begins, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I was like, I want a place to write, honestly. And what happened was, like, my friends would come, different friends would, would come and say, hey, I'd love to write for that, too. And I said, okay. And what I started to realize after a while was all these other platforms, which I respect so much, they, there's a lot of editing and changing going on. So, like, and here's an interesting example. If we were doing this video right now, and I were to say, Brandon... Um, after you do this, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a voiceover track and change what you say. Is that okay? You'd be like, no, no. like no, somebody no. else is gonna do a voiceover saying something else. We're yeah. gonna change it and shift it around a little bit. It's not gonna be you anymore, but you'll be physically like you'll still see yourself, but it'll be somebody else talking. You'd be like, no, bullshit. That's what yeah. happens with online writing. People just contents change and manipulate it. So what I do is I give people a shot and I'll say, look, we're just gonna put it out there. We're gonna correct your grammar, but we're pretty much just gonna put it out there. You know, unless there's something way off or something, it's pretty much not going to be. Super it's got to be real, not bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's authentic and it's that's why. So I look for people that are just can give something authentic, and you know, valuable, like that. And One thing I see, and I'm not going to name different outlets out there, but yeah. there's a lot of bullshit out there. Yeah. So there's yeah. a lot of self-proclaimed like. Yeah. I have the money, I have the cash, yeah. I'm the millionaire, I'm on top, yeah. and it's it's fake. Like they're renting out a mansion yeah, yeah, yeah. or they're at a friend's place. Yeah. But they're not real, exactly. and online it's perception. Then what they end up doing is. I mean, there's a whole fake it till you make it, but then there's a whole take it to a level that's unethical in my mind. Yeah, yeah. And what happens is these wrong, these people get publicity for something they're not. Yeah. And it, it yeah, and yeah, there's yeah. so many people out there that are grinding yeah. entrepreneurs that deserve it and they're not getting the publicity they should. Exactly. And that's what bothers me. So what I love about Influensive is the fact that you're really highlighting people that deserve it and yeah. doing big things. Exactly. It's tough, honestly. It's tough to, to sort of figure all that out because we've, I mean, even right as we speak right now, there's a hundred plus articles that are waiting to be published. So it's like yeah. we have, and we publish a lot of those because we like all these writers and everything. So it's just a balancing game of like, uh, when do you put it out? Uh, or, you know, all that kind no of stuff. No favoritism, no uh, yeah. promotion wise, yeah, like yeah, self promotion. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't have time to like, 
obviously make sure if that's valid or not. Yeah. Like you have to go based off of, yeah. everything's based on what somebody says or right. the credibility. Right. And I think we focus a lot on like like people's opinion. Like and that's I I think feel like we started to create this environment where it's not about I don't want like if you write an article I don't want you to back it up with facts. Like I want I just want to hear what you really think. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, you don't need to back it up with data. Like that's what other publications do. That's fine. That's totally their space. I get that. But I'm not in that. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not in that space. Like I, yeah. I just want to like this video right now. We're not gonna like everything we talk about backed by science. Like it's, it would just be weird. I no, feel like it's right? based off our own experiences. Yeah, it's based and if on, whether people want to believe it or not, it's just what we've done and what works for us. Exactly. So, um, yeah. So you know the other thing that I found different with Influensive is that a lot of publications that I also respect so much. Um, there has like a specific like you have to write once a week or twice a week or something yeah. like that, and I feel like that's a writing is a creative creative outlet. You have to feel it. Yeah. So like I'm not gonna if you're writing for Influensive, um, I'm not gonna force you to write every week because if it's not if it's you don't, pushed. If you're, yeah, yeah. It'd be like forcing yourself to do an interview with someone you don't like or you don't want to do it or whatever reason, right? You wouldn't do it. You'd just be like, no, I really want to do this or I really don't want to do it. Yeah. So that's I feel like. So I just say, put it out, whatever you want. You can do one article ever, or you can do 100 a week. Whatever you feel inspired to do, just that's what you should do. You started Influensive, was it 14 months ago? Uh, about 14 months ago. Okay, 14 months ago. So what, like, what is your vision with it? Because you've, you've gained like, a big following. Yeah, And yeah, you yeah. have something really awesome here. So yeah. what, is, what do you really want to do with this? And how, I always want to know, how are you going to monetize that? What's your monetization with it? So Influensive really started as something that I didn't even want to make money from. That's how yeah. it started. I was like, I just want to put something out there. That that's can, the part I love. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's, uh, that's, uh, I wanted to reach as many people as possible and inspire and motivate as many people as humanly possible. Like, I want to get to a billion people a year. Like Forbes, I think, reaches a billion people a year or something like that. I want to get to a billion people a year. Um, so that's my goal. Um, and that's kind of driven me. Like, I just want to reach all these people and inspire them. Like, that, that, that's more important to me than the revenue. On the revenue side, you know, we have some ads on the site. Like, it's nothing aggressive or anything like that. Um, we're going to start doing some mastermind events. Yeah. So, like, I've had a ton of people approach me. Like, can, you, can, you do, can I come and train with you and do these things? So we're now going to put on a mastermind event. The first one's going to be in June this year. Um, it's going to be a small thing. So that'll be the only, like, official monetization. And that's really just because... In a mastermind, like, it's not me, like, I'm putting together a group of awesome people that have been around Influensive that just want to, like, get in the same room and just go to town with each other. Um, so that, I think, will be the, the focus of the monetization. Like I said, up until this point, it hasn't been an aggressive push to monetize because here's what I've noticed, and this is what people do wrong. They want to build an online publication or anything, and they push things down your throat from day one. And then the growth is impossible because it's like, oh, Bob's just trying to uh, make money off of this, right? So I, I'm creating, I want to create this environment where people just, they love, it's like, like, look at Facebook, right? They went for a long time without making money because the growth was insane. So like, and not, I'm not saying it's like a bait and switch where I'm going to turn on all this monetization all of a sudden. I promise you we're not going to be selling lots, lots or maybe even any courses or internet marketing yeah. style products. Really, the monetization would mostly be on the mastermind side. So, I mean, the thing is, you're building this audience up, and it's like, what's the book by Gary Vee? Jab, 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 right hook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what it, but you're not really, you don't have like a huge, like, hey, yeah. I'm going to market to this, but it's building this huge audience. But what happens is when you yeah. get that data, the money does come. Exactly. And that's what I've realized. Like, honestly, people have always asked me, like, how do you network with all these people? And how do you, like, how have you, how's your advertising agency gotten so big? And it's like, the first thing for me, has just been being a good person. Like, and I feel like that's the mistake a lot of people make is they always try, especially with entrepreneurs, especially with an internet marketing background, no disrespect. It's always about money, 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 money. And to me, it's like, maybe I'm biased because I've been pretty successful up to this point, but I don't think so because I think really at the end of the day, people want to connect with people that they like and they, they feel like are doing good things and they're going to help them. Like, I'm not hitting you up ever asking you for favors and, and weird things, right? Like, I'm not saying, Brandon, can you do this and do this and this and this? Yeah. Like, I, I just want to genuinely help, you know, help right? Yeah. So I feel like like the old school, like how to win friends and influence people, like Dale Carnegie, like just a must read. Yeah, yeah, it's a must read, right? So I feel like I've learned in life that it's, if you try to correlate things directly, it's, as weird as it sounds for an entrepreneur to say, if you try to correlate everything to money, I feel like it just, it doesn't So work. that's why I connect to you so much because we're both authentic and I know that that's the thing. Most people, they're they're always trying. Like I, yeah. I like making money too. Yeah, oh, and, you know yeah, I yeah. do. I'm an entrepreneur, I mean. but also like I like to add value for like you or anybody else. 
I want to help them on their journey. Yeah. And I know, I mean, eventually down the road, there'll be something like, hey, yeah, if I'm going to yeah, do a book yeah, yeah. launch or whatever. Yeah, of course, of course. But too many people have just the money mindset. And what happens is yeah. if they have the money mindset, it doesn't get them there. Yeah. These people can see that totally. shit a mile away. Totally. If I could make no money and just live comfortably and, and, and just live the lifestyle that I want, I would be fine. Like, I, I don't need, like, to show off anything. I, like, I, I just... People don't realize. They think the money is what makes them happy, but it's really yeah. the experience and the things that you can get. Yeah. And it, it's exactly. a lot of times I found out, I'm sure you're the same, it's the little things that don't even, like, I don't care about a fancy car or anything, but, like, yeah. I just spend some money on some film equipment yeah. and creating videos. I'll spend money on that all day because it creates content that I can put out and people get inspired and motivated and educated by that. Yeah. And for you, I, that's, again, I have the same vision. I want to, I want to impact 1 billion people in a positive way through yeah. video, through yeah. content and help them. And yeah. yes, some yeah. money will come. Yeah. But it's just doing things that actually make a difference. Exactly. Not totally. just selling shit. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> because there's so much shit out there <laughs> that I, I can't, I get so fucking there frustrated is, yeah. because there's so much out there. That it, it's it's bullshit, and I get you got to monetize. And for yeah. me, like I know, if you really know you can help somebody, you should yeah. make sure you work together. Right. And for me, like I help people build brands and I help people raise money because I had experiences in my own life where I would struggle, where yeah. I couldn't get that. So yeah. I want to help my younger self. Yeah. Even I'm 27. I help people that are older <laughs> than me too, but try yeah. to help them get closer to their goals in a certain way. Right. So I think the the lesson we learn is be more authentic and come from a place of actually wanting to help and add value. Absolutely. Here's an interesting thing, and this is people ask me like my mindset approach to, to networking and business a lot. Um, so when I'm meeting, like when I'm when I'm meeting somebody for the first time, like I think the the mindset most people th- most people have is, okay, what can I get from this person? I'm mm-hmm. thinking, what can I help him with? Like, what yes. can I do? Like, I, people ask me what they can do for me, and I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not even thinking about that. Like, yeah. it's not even in my mind. Like, I'm just trying to feel out how can I give value to this person? How can I help them? So that's my hundred percent focus when I when I'm meeting new people and when I'm just in general. And it's not that I'm expecting anything in return. It's just I know how this universe works. So, okay, since you brought this up, so one thing I teach people or try to help them is figuring out how to connect with anyone. You're really good at that. I'm really good at that, how to connect with either billionaires, celebrities. It's really coming to them at a point of, I really just want to help you because I know you get this. I get this. People reach out and they say, hey, how can I add value to you? But they're cheesy. They don't mean it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or how can can you mentor me? Yeah. One thing I do, and we talk funny, you talk about Dale Carnegie. Uh, one thing I do is if people reach out and they really want my mentorship, I put them through a task and I say, yeah. here, go listen to five of my podcast shows, mm-hmm. read the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, yep. read the book How to Win Friends and Influence yeah. Others by Dale Carnegie. When you're done, yeah. contact me. I'll give you 30 minutes and let's talk. Exactly. I you know how that. many people follow through? I've had probably four or five people in my life follow through and the ones that follow through, I usually help them, introduce them to someone or they work for me. How old are the ones that follow through? Surprisingly, so one of them was 21. Yeah, the one I'm talking to now, he's just about to follow through. Yeah, yeah. I think he's in his teenager. Yeah, yeah. That's... And then some people in their 30s. Yeah, yeah. But they, that's awesome. they, they actually did it. Yeah. But see, most people, it's ah, whatever. I was just yesterday. We were doing a live stream here. Uh, Mark Lack was here. A couple people, and there was a 13 year old on the Instagram live, and he was the most engaged person. We 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 threw out some like offer, like hey, just hashtag something and do something. He was all over it. That's scale like, of Maddox. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, I was like, kids these days. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's funny. Have you met Caleb Maddox in person? Never, no, no. I, I didn't bring this up because I feel like he's my younger brother. Yeah. But Caleb is somebody that understands the whole like adding value and yeah. doing things not just for the money because his dad like pounded that in his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's so many people at the younger generation, even mine, which give a bad name sometimes, is yeah. they feel like they're entitled and they don't understand the fact of, Hey, I need to just help people. I need to do things. Is the uti- you ever seen? Yeah. You've read the book Utility, right? Yeah. Jay Bear. Yeah. I mean, that's how I take things too. Yeah. It's keep adding value, putting stuff out there, and totally. eventually it comes back. I feel like if I, I feel like this is my mindset too. I, I as much as possible, and I, I was gonna say the word try, and I'm gonna tell you why I don't use that word. I hate uh, the word try. Yeah. <laughs> try or I, I'm trying, going to, or. What's some other words? I think I can or whatever. Yeah. You just got to say you will. I feel like you need, I feel like more people need conviction in what they're doing. And those conditional statements, it trains, it like programs the wrong thing. It like trains you to like not even really believe in yourself. It's not an ego thing. That's what I want to point out. It, it's not. So I'm in a basic training here now and where it's patterns. Yeah. So one thing that I see with people is how they communicate, whatever they say convinces, gets in their head. So whatever your mind conceives and believes your mind achieves. Yeah. So when you say, 
I'm going to try to do this. I think I can do this. No, you got to say, I will do this. Yes. I am going to do yeah. this. This is me. Right. It mentally, people are like, oh, like you're just saying that. No, it's mentally it wires is, yeah. you. Every day it I do a warrior right. chant to prepare my mind yep. that I can do something. Yep. It's, it's so vital. Like, it's, what is your thought and like how this people, yeah, I see so many people do this wrong. Yeah, I, I, I feel like, and I correct myself if I catch myself doing <laughs> Me it. Me too. You know, yeah. I mean, I feel like we get programmed from an early age like to do certain things and to say certain words and depending on our upbringing and parents and all these different factors. But I feel like many people have to reprogram themselves, right? Like even the brain, like our brain, this is interesting, our brain is designed for us to fail because it's designed to keep us alive, right? John Azaroff talks about this a lot, um, neuroscience and stuff. And what, what happens is, because it's designed to keep us alive, everything else, if we, say, if we have something new, like, like a new business idea, maybe not for us, but for people that are, that are not an entrepreneur, their brain's like, no, no, that hasn't kept you alive. Don't do it. So our own brain is Comfort fighting zone. against us. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I rewire myself to think differently, to say, to when, I, when I feel that trigger going on of, no, you shouldn't do it, do it. I'm not gonna, like, I'm not gonna jump off a cliff, if I, <laughs> but, you know, for an entrepreneur, cause what happens is we, we, we meet with, we, let's say we meet, we meet up and we're like, let's start this new business idea, let's, we're fired up. Yeah. What hap- could happen is we go home and we go, ah, oh, you know what, it's gonna be a lot of work. Yeah. That's gonna, that's gonna be hard. We're gonna have to put money into this. It's gonna take a lot of time. I should probably do this instead. And we talk ourselves, our brain. We think of things why we shouldn't do it. We and we try them. to self-sabotage it. Exactly. So, so this is funny you bring this up. So I'm guessing when you were raised, and me too, like you had your own beliefs. Yeah. But when you got to a certain point and you got introduced to different books and things, yeah. you realize like what is actually possible. Yes. So for me too, I made a decision. I, I used to, like I do now, but when there's something that I feel like I'm scared or yeah. I feel like I shouldn't do it, I've automatically came because I still get this like, yeah. oh, I don't know because we're just wired that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I know to do, like you said, is yeah. I have to do it now. Exactly. Because then I know, because after doing it for mm-hmm. a while, you, it becomes a track record. But yeah. I found out after you do it, you always get rewarded. Totally. And, and this is going to sound a little corny to some people, but some people will really resonate with this. Instead of listening to this, I listen to this because this is the intuition. So like, like for me, it's when I, my brain can trick me a lot of the times, but this is never wrong. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Your gut and your yeah. heart. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. your brain's funny how things work. Yeah. But it, it's right. We're wired. We're almost set up yeah. to fail or, in, be comfortable. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm, I'm, I operate a lot on gut and like a lot on feeling and intuition more so than my brain because I feel like my brain's more likely to trick me and my gut and my my instinct is probably not. So we went a whole nother direction I planned, <laughs> but this is good stuff. So I want to go over a couple more things before we end this because we obviously are going to do a tour and stuff. But what what do you see? Because you're like a like out of all the people I know, you know this stuff better than most people. Where do you see in the next five years? With social media, where do you see with how things are going in the online world? Where's it going to go? Where's the transition? Well, technology, okay. everything. You know, I, I, what I, I think what's going to happen is like we're seeing like a lot of similar features across social like networks and things mm-hmm. like that. And I think there's going to be like more integrated ways to do things. Like and we're already seeing it with live streaming. We're seeing like companies like let's let, put, someone's putting out like a tool to like go live like on Facebook and Instagram at the same time and Periscope or something like that. So I think like we're going to start seeing ways, and there might even be apps that like integrate everything into one spot. I think we're going to see more of that. Yeah. Um, and like I was saying earlier about social media, I feel like there's so much strength in all the platforms, but people just, they, they prioritize where they have followers or what, mm-hmm. what they personally like. But if you really want to leverage social media as like a marketer or something like that, I think it's all of them. So I think that there's, there's value in all of the platforms, and there's going to be big ones. I guarantee you in the next 10 years, there's going to be another... Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat type, YouTube um, type social network that pops up, maybe two, maybe three, that are going to be as equally strong. Where do you see Facebook going? So, like, I'm not ignorant video. to think that Facebook is always going to be here. Yeah, but video I, and I know. shows. I think Facebook's going to be TV. You think it's going to become TV? I think Facebook's going to become TV. We're already seeing a transition to video. We're seeing a transition to live. So now they're, they're, putting, they're forcing live videos on you and, and showing different videos, and there's a whole video feed now. I think Facebook's going to become maybe integrated with, like, with TV, but I think Facebook is going to essentially become TV. It's almost way. like a Netflix. Maybe. Or any, but something. Some but, big, big video focus. So I, I analyze everything, and I go through yeah. the feeds just to see. Like, you'll see that video pop up when you're yeah. on something. Yeah. Like, hey, this person's live. Yeah. It's, it's so crazy. And Facebook Live, so you see uh, every once in a while when I see a commercial, 
and I hardly watch TV, but if I'm in a coffee shop or something, I'll see where Facebook Live that shows an experience. They're yeah. promoting the hell out of oh, Facebook yeah. Live right now. Oh, yeah. Because it's so, have you noticed though, like organic traffic, I put videos out every day. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching like the viewership and I noticed in the last six months, it's not because of my content, mm-hmm. it's because they limit, it's pay to play. Let's be real. It is, yeah. It's pay to play, but it, there's strategies and I'm testing. Yeah. I'm like observing how it works. So for you, mm-hmm. what are some, some hacks you've done with Influensive yep. and with Facebook to be able to get more views? Yep. Without paying for them. Totally. Okay, so here's a really valuable tip for Facebook pages. So what people do wrong is they force specific content that they want to their page. So they'll put like a link to their blog post every day just over and over, nothing else. So the Facebook page is like, we don't want, that's like, if I said to you, Brandon, uh, you can eat crackers for the next 30 days, nothing else. You'd be like, screw you. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Like, no, no way. But that's what's happening with Facebook. They feed crackers to their page every day that they don't, Facebook doesn't want them. And the algorithm's not rewarding them. So what I've learned is by giving it what it wants, give it the dessert. So so mixing in different links in different videos, live streams, images, uh, links, uh, native images, native video, dif- different things, variety, giving it a balanced diet, thinking about it like a diet, that's been one of the most valuable things. And another thing that people do is they cannibalize their own content. So they'll post like 10 things in a row. So like only the last one's probably going to get any traction. Yep. So, they, so they've already lost all the other ones. So you have to space things out the right way, um, and depending on how much content you're putting out and depending on the, sh- depending on the strength of your pages, um, make sure you're not putting stuff too much right in a row or you're going to cannibalize your own stuff. So what is like what is the regular posting like for, what do you do on Influensive? So we, we do post, two posts a day? Yeah, or? so we do six, uh, six, posts, six content pieces a day which are not articles, so like no links. Um, uh, we do two articles a day roughly, and then mm-hmm. six, so we'll do uh, I think three, four images, uh, four images, two video, roughly a day, um, and that seems to be. And sometimes a text post too. Like, and here's the interesting thing about social media: is everybody's wrong. Social media is not a one-way conversation. It's not me just feeding my content to everybody. If you want to master social media, it's two-way. Par- the the old way of social media was a parasocial relationship, one way. I'm just going to feed content to my audience. Ask questions. Ask questions. So I've learned on all platforms. The more you can engage the audience, because then they're tagging people, they're commenting, you're boosting the algorithm. Even if you're slightly controversial sometimes, you're getting comments, you're getting engagement, positive, negative, whatever, doesn't matter, it's all engagement. So by creating real two-way conversation and having conversation, so think about social media less like putting out content and more like how do I, how do I elicit conversation? How do I get conversation going? How do I get engagement? That's what you want to think about more so than the content you're putting out. How do I get someone to respond? How do I get one person to respond? How do I get 10 people, 100 people? That's what you want to think about on social media. It's not about putting out content on a specific schedule. It, it is, obviously you have to do that, but it's more about how do I get conversation going. Interaction. With interaction, them. real interaction. What That's about, what gets traction. What about Facebook Live? So how often, like when you do a Facebook Live, should you do one here and there? Or should you do it every day? Like how should you vary that out? I think there's lots of different strategies there. Um, I don't do them that often. I do it like dessert for my page. Like, okay, we're going to do a Facebook Live and it's yeah. a special treat. You could have a strategy where you do them every day. And it could work, you know, depending on the engagement. If you create a real, if you find a way to create a, a daily conversation with your audience and something that they're super engaged with, and that could work every day. Yeah. But what I do is I treat it like dessert. Like I'm going to give my page a dessert and do something special every now and then. So that's how it's all a combination. Yeah, it's a combination. So, so what's for you? I guess what's the next step? So, influence them, but what's the next thing that you're focusing on to accomplish? Obviously, with your yeah. goal of influence them, what's the thing you're working on now for the next step? I mean, really, it's. It ties in with Influensive. I'm creating this community around that's we have writers, we have content creators, we have just cool friends that are doing awesome things yeah. together. So I think about this is I think about business in general collaboratively. I don't yeah. think about well, Brandon's making content too. We better not I better not talk to yeah. him. I think about everything. Which some people are, they're yeah. closed. Which I think is about so stupid. My really my whole strategy is how you know, how can I put more people around me that are doing awesome things? And I'll help them as much as I possibly can because I see you're doing awesome things. So I wanna be I wanna do stuff with Brandon. He's doing awesome things. And it's not because I want anything in return, it's just because I know that supporting people and people The synergy in the mastermind yeah. and that's why, hey, some people, I don't see competition. Yeah. I mean, it's a big world, but you're, you're helping each other. Like a lot of people that are in the same industry as me, field, I love talking to them yeah. and like giving just, hey, yeah. how does this work for yeah, you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I and, give people tips. I, I mean, I'll, I'll tell people super valuable tips all the time. Um, half of them don't use them, but the ones that do, they're like, wow. And I get that all back too sometimes. So it's so that's great. And that's why you're my favorite <laughs> outlet because I know that you really want to help people and yeah. it's not like, oh, well, you can't yeah, let it in yeah, because yeah. you're open. Yeah. You're open to what it is. 
So, yeah, yeah. so this has been fun. This is there's a lot of good things I didn't yeah. expect to get out of this. So, where can people, if they want to connect with you personally, where can they find you? I think Twitter or Instagram, Brian D Evans, um, probably the easiest way to do that. And then influencer.com, uh, of course, to uh, find content. Awesome. For anybody listening, I, this guy, you have to connect with him. I love his platform, Influensive, and uh, he's been become a good friend. Like I, I, I love your vision, man. Like we yeah, have the I same kind it. of thing, and I'm gonna be hanging out here a little more. So I'm looking forward to the Instagram <laughs> nice. live. For all of you listening, you know what time it is. It is time to go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable. Because life is too short not to. I'm Vernon C. Adams. We'll see y'all later. I hope you enjoyed the show with Brian. Definitely check out the notes. Go to livetogrind.com forward slash 239. We have the video. I actually have the video up of the interview we did. If you want to check out and see that, if you're listening to this on iTunes or wherever else, SoundCloud, you can check out the full interview that we did in person in video or on video at livetogrind.com forward slash 239. And you better watch out. We're going to be a lot of cool things Brian and I are going to be doing in the future. For one, you're going to get to actually check out some of the exclusive content from Ambitious Adventures Behind the Scenes. We'll be airing on influence.com. You'll get to check out. And Brian, I know just with his vision, where he's going, he wants to build a platform that helps people and helps them share their story. And that's what we're about with the Accelerant Media Group, with our magazine, our podcast show. We want to share the stories of entrepreneurs that are making an impact in their community, in their industry. And that's what Brian's doing. And just a great guy. Shout out to him. Just a great guy. You should definitely connect with, follow him on social media. And again, you can check out all the notes there at livetogrind.com forward slash 239. That's all I got for today's show. You know what time it is. Beyond becoming influensive and getting yourself out there, it is time to go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brennan C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone.